Remember the Wildflowers by Says. This is a story for those who are finding it hard to see what is being planted through this symbolic winter we are all going through right now. It's a true story. I believe imagination mends the mind, but true life? Well, it reaches into the marrow of our bones. And that's exactly where we need to be right now, in order to truly feel alive again. This story is about my neighbors, but I think you will be able to see yourself in all aspects of the tale too. I hope that you leave everything open for heart to interpret in its own way, like dreams and poetry. One year ago, when the pandemic flung us out of our emotional orbit, my neighbor was sitting in a hospital ward with his wife, who had just been given under a year to live. As an elderly couple, they drove themselves slowly home to discuss all the possible treatments that she would be able to offer her body towards. But after only a few days, the old woman refused all treatments in a very calm but decisive manner. Heartbroken and angry, her husband took himself off to the garden shed and dusted off his old, seeded lawnmower, which hadn't been used in over a decade because his wife had come to love the wildflowers that grew so freely in the late summer. As he began to cut the grass, the old woman lit up a cigarette to herself on the edge of an old white lawn chair and watched her husband mow the lawn for hours. Like a typewriter, he traversed the lawn back and forth, stopping at the end of each row for a second or two before pinging the machine around to start again. The months passed, and spring turned into summer, and still, every evening, the old man went out into the garden to get his lawnmower, which had now been repaired a number of times, and even blessed with a new lick of paint. As he mounted that grass barber, his head turned to acknowledge his wife, who came out every evening to enjoy a smoke and to watch him from the lawn chair. Occasionally, she would tilt her head upward and blow out puffs of smoke up into the cold air. One time, I remember her sitting there in the pouring rain under a wide-brimmed umbrella as her husband took shelter underneath the apple tree, but never once getting off his lawnmower. As a gift to the old woman, I stopped by one day with a basket full of sunflower seeds and cuts of lavender from our hedgerow. And although she gave me a hefty smile, her frail body couldn't hold the basket, and so she asked me to put it in the back of the shed on my way out. One night, when the sun had only just been laid to rest in the late Nordic sky, 
I woke up to get a glass of water from the kitchen sink. From the darkness of the room, I peered out through the window towards the neighbor's house, wondering to myself whether the house moaned at night under the ache of its residents' sadness. But suddenly something caught my attention. A torchlight was bobbing around the neighbor's garden. Sometimes it was laid on the ground and still for a few moments, and other times it was picked up and then moved only a few inches away. This strange movement occurred for over half an hour until I decided that the old man must have gone completely mad and was tending to his lawn in the dark hours. Another month had passed and by this time the neighbor's lawn had been trimmed to an inch of its life. An uncanny resemblance occurred between the state of the old woman and her garden. As she sat withered and hollowed in her deck chair, that was now placed under the only branch with enough leaves to offer shade, I noticed how much the garden had lost its wildness. The trees had been pruned so ferociously that our plot of land was now inundated with all the birds, owls, bees, and deer that couldn't find refuge next door. Their land turned into a parched and hostile desert and took on an eerie liminal feel like all that waiting made nothing grow. Still, every day the old man mounted his lawnmower and spent his evening hours controlling the only thing he could. In early autumn, a day came when I watched the old man walk unsteadily to his garden shed a time I knew every day to stop my writing because the machine's incessant humming and choking and spluttering would drive me mad. As I packed up my work, I looked up to see him switching on the lawnmower but then standing beside it for a while, staring at it like he didn't know what he was doing. He began to visibly shake eventually turning off the engine and falling to his knees in floods of tears. It was only then that I noticed that the old lawn chair underneath the cherry tree at the top of the garden was empty. A few days later, he emerged from his house with a paint tin and a screwdriver and walked over to his post box. Ever so carefully, he took out the little silver screws that fastened the old woman's name to the facade of the handmade wooden box. He pocketed a few letters that made up her name. The outline of the letters remained darkened compared to the sun-drenched wood, but with one swipe of a dipped paintbrush, she no longer existed. It was months until I was able to return to our home, due to being caught in the city under new restrictions that stopped us from travelling. The warm rains had come, as they always do in September, 
and I was eager to get back to my greenhouse and harvest the blackberries that tasted best when plucked just before the trees began to turn. I had almost expected the old man to be on his lawnmower the day I was able to return, but as I climbed the small hill up to our land, the car literally jolted out of my hands and I stalled. I sat in silence. After a few minutes, I got out of the car, which was parked in the middle of a gravel road. I walked up to the old man's home and to the shed that still lay open, with the lawnmower still sitting outside, with the keys still in the ignition. I feared the worst, but as I cornered the shed, I saw him sitting in the old woman's chair with a cup of steaming coffee, admiring the wildflowers that had grown up so eagerly in the absence of meticulous disturbance. There were vivid purple shoots of lavender and wild yellow poppy, tall grass and sunflowers with bright, smiling faces, ramble with bulbous blackberries and red hawthorn. The garden was an Eden full of life. As I waved up to the old man, he turned slightly and just smiled then tilting his head up towards the sky to enjoy the last of the sun's rays. The sound of feather grass overwhelmed me as I walked back to the car, because for so long I was unable to really hear life, never mind see it. As I sat in my car for a few minutes, my mind shot back to the night that I saw the flashlight meandering lonely through the garden. The seeds, I thought, she must have planted them all, in secret, in the middle of the night while her husband slept. She must have known. She must have known that one day, when time had had its chance to heal her husband and his heartbreak, that he would let her flowers grow again. Perhaps... She decided to plant them underneath grass, small seeds of wild beauty. Even though she watched him mow over them for months after, she had known there would be a day that rest would bring him and her garden back to life. This living, experienced and personal story feels very symbolic to what we are all going through right now. There is a part of us that is in a process of birth, death, and rebirth. I know it can feel like control can save you from experiencing hurt that comes from allowing a part of you to die. But in the darkness, new life is being seeded. While you sleep, a new future is being sown. When we are hurt, we try to control what we can, 
and that is important when it comes to staying focused on gratitude. But let not gratitudes make deserts of your desires. Even if you can't change anything in your life right now, the desire to live and feel alive is what first brought you into this world. Let the wildflowers grow in their own time. Let things perish that must. Let rest be your natural state right now because it is soaking up the lessons of last year's storm. Watch what grows anew from these old endings that are still so painful to leave behind. There is always a piece of you gathering seeds and harvesting new ideas, but they need time to root and permeate the heart. It may feel quiet and slow and hard. The more you demand control and cut, the scarcer this inner landscape will become. Allow the rains. Soak yourself in tears. Allow the sun and tilt your face up towards it. And remember that just because you can only see the dry, farrow grass below your feet doesn't mean that that is all there is. Trust that what is ending is also planting what's to come. Through the still darkness of these times, something wild and beautiful is coming.